Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor, award-winning author, and Motos... Cross motocross is that right? Moto motocross moto moto. That's moto. Is it really? Yeah, I, 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 I would have no. Okay, you know what? You could have lied. Right I'm the lead pastor I'm, of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, man? Nothing. You know what? What? Tomorrow's your anniversary. Tomorrow is my anniversary. Yep. How long have you been married now? Fourteen years? No, 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 no. Not fourteen years. Thirteen years? I think it's twelve. 12 years. Okay, because if we go to your bio. What are we doing? What, mm-hmm. Why are you going to my bio? Yeah, so if we go to your bio Shh. and we go to doctrine. What are you doing? Hold, what are you doing? Doctrine and devotion.com. Hold, hold on, hold on. And then we, uh, we go over here to uh, about. Mm-hmm. And then we go to here about doctrine. And we scroll down. My, yeah, my tenure was like two years ago. So okay. yeah, 12 year. Oh, over 11 years. So it's your 12 year. All right. Yeah, my bad. Bam. I was wrong. I was mm. wrong. Mm. And you know what? I t- I literally just text Michelle saying, "What year did we get married?" Oh, just man. to like be ready. I just I was so ready to blast you for being wrong on your anniversary. No, I'm not. But, but now uh, my wife's gonna be like, "Oh, why why are you asking that question?" Just to, to prove me wrong because yeah. I was arguing. Blame I, it on me because I, I was the one that was being a dope to prove Joe wrong. Yeah. Hey, hey, Michelle, what's up, girl? All right. <laughs> 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 it's another inside joke. All right. So, um, <clears throat> well, man, listen, you know, you're going to be celebrating. Anniversary. Yeah. Anniversary tomorrow. Anniversary. 12 Today years. I was, uh, I was at dance class with uh, my daughter. Okay. And are you teaching her the salsa? Uh, n- no. I don't know. What? No. You people are into dance and stuff. You people. I'm saying like you people like dance. I can't believe you said that. What do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> I, I think I'm into dance. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Uh, daddy daughter dance. Oh, daddy, daughter dance. Wait, so there, they, there's a class. Well, yeah, because like, all right, so she's part of a dance studio or dance club, whatever they are, right? Like, you know. What I'm oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I've seen pictures. So yeah. they're trying to do like a daddy daughter. Oh, there for her dance class. Got it. Correct, but they're actually there because it's going to be at the banquet program. I don't know. Okay, there's like a big thing, and so, uh, so they wanted some people. Nobody want, really cares. It's taking t- way too long to explain daddy daughter dance. Right. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm sorry that you like, don't you don't go have fun with your. I kids. do. Oh, I do. Oh, I, oh, I you, just took I just took Mamie to a daddy daughter dance. In fact, uh, we had a picture taken and everything was up. Yep, it was really good. Oh, there you go. Finally. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's not Instagram. It's not real. No, it's not Instagrammed. It oh, was, but you just said I got a picture of. Yeah, they took a picture of us because we oh, were such a oh, okay. such a great such a couple. great couple. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. good, yeah. good for you. So, see, Daddy. much quicker than what your whole mm-hmm. thing was. So, okay, anniversary, anniversary, Daddy daughter dance, mm-hmm. and Paige Patterson was fired. So, you know, got like uh, three things happening right around the same time. Big news, all of it. Yeah, big, yeah, big news, big news. So, I can't tell if you're trying to like mm-hmm. celebrate it. Well, you are, know, like, I, that's what I was trying to figure I, out. Am like, I celebrating you daddy to, daughter dance? Yeah, we're I'm I'm just saying like that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, anniversary. anniversary yep. that, that's a good thing. Uh huh. Paige Patterson getting fired. I think that's a good thing. It, it's a good thing. Well, yeah. it's not to, you know, Tom Masco would say, you know, don't uh, don't rejoice. You know, when I'm not rejoicing at another man's failure. Yeah, I'm rejoicing at a seminary doing the right thing. There you go. That's there the clarity. Said, That's the clarity yeah, yeah, right, right there. Way yeah. to bring it back around. Hey, I, I appreciate that. We'll, appreciate we'll, we're going to do an update on the SBC and all that um, at a, maybe a bonus episode or something soon. But you know what's even uh, uh, what's exciting though right now? Yeah. When we need to celebrate. Oh yeah. You know what we have to celebrate? I do know. All right. What is it? I have no idea. You don't remember? No. Ah, my XP. This episode is brought to you by My XP. That's uh, Tyler uh, Dr- Druitt. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's not. It's not but it doesn't pronounce. 
Drevitz. It's pronounced Drevitz. Oh, did I just mispronounce? No, because it's like a German name, and he's like. But even though he's like super American, he's like, no, it's Drevitz. And so, <laughs> so Tyler Drewitz, man, my XP is you need if you're a church, especially if you're a church that doesn't have an executive pastor like Pastor Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, you need to check out myxp.church. That church, perfect. So, Joe, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, we're back in the 1689 because it's Monday, and that's what we do on Mondays. And uh, we're in chapter one on the scripture, but we're going to actually look at ch- uh, paragraphs two through five today. Okay. So uh, if you're following along at home, you can just go to, uh, what is it? The 1689confession.com. I'm not even on the website yet, so hang on. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, go there, and you can check it out on your phone, your tablet, your uh, your computer. It looks great on everything, thanks to Pastor Brian Malcolm, who did all the design. And so here... Um, we're, it's, it's, there's multiple paragraphs. Uh, we spent last time on paragraph one, and today we're going to look at a few different paragraphs because it covers quite a bit of stuff and stuff that we're not going to go really deep into. We're just going to recommend some articles and some books for you to read in the yeah. show notes. But um, hey, Jimmy, why don't you begin reading just the first part of paragraph two because you don't want to read everything under no, paragraph two. No, no, no. All right. First part of paragraph two says this. Under the name of Holy Scripture or the Word of God written are now contained all the books of the Old and New Testament, which are these. All right, and then there are 66 books. Now, here's the thing. If you're a believer of any age and mm-hmm. maturity, you ought to have the books of the Bible memorized in order. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I'll be honest. I would want to be put on the spot. So if you ask me, I'm not going to even try to get okay. them all in order. Okay. Uh, I'd probably, I, I know I would make some mistakes okay, doing okay. that. So uh, when I tell y'all, like, listen, the, God gave us 66 books, different genres, letters, all that stuff. Um, we should be invested enough in them to have them memorized in order confidently. Uh, and uh, it's going to help us not only navigate the scripture, but it also demonstrates that we care about the content that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So here we've got 66 books written. Old and New Testament, and yep. the, and after it lists all sixty six, it has one sentence. Yep, all of which are given by the inspiration of God to be the rule of faith and life. And of course, it goes to Second Timothy three sixteen in the in the notes there in the footnote, and that's really what we talked about last time. Yeah, right. Yep. It's the rule. That's right. It's the authority. But when we get to paragraph thirty three, this is important because paragraph three, because. Um, it's following on the heels of, well, listen, there are 66 books that make up our Bible. Yeah. Here are the ones that are recognized. Yeah. And then uh, you better recognize. You better recognize. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> what are you going to say? Nothing. I was gonna say, you better recognize, sir. <laughs> uh, so par- paragraph three says, and now this is the issue, right? The yeah. books commonly called Apocrypha not being of divine inspiration, are no part of the canon or rule of the scripture, and therefore are of no authority to the church of God, nor to be any otherwise approved or made use of other than other human writings. Okay, so Jimmy, on the the one sense, this is saying something about the uh, Apocrypha. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not scripture. It's not scripture. But it's not saying something not, else. It's not saying that they're not useful. Right. right. Interesting. That's that's the thing, right? Is that there is some use, but not as as well as scripture, as the authoritative word of God for the rule of faith. It's interesting that So here, know, Joe, for yeah. for those that are listening that that might not understand, like when we say apocrypha, what are we mm-hmm. talking about there? Some some may not have grown up in the church or may not understand. Right. Some even when you look at I know when I first uh uh became a believer, I would look at my one Bible from uh, the Roman Catholic Church, and right. I would look at the NIV 84 that was just given to me, yeah. and try to go, why is it different? Right, right. And so when you're when you're looking at the contents of, of, of a Bible, mm-hmm. right, um, 
what is it that makes up that canon? What is it that makes up uh, the revelation of God? And the Apocrypha is made up of those books that um, were written after and not included in the Old Testament writings that were recognized by the Jews. Okay. So um, when, when, when the, the Jewish people and even Jesus himself are looking at and appealing to the Scripture, they never affirm or use the Apocrypha. Uh, they all use the same um, Old Testament books that, uh, that were broadly recognized. So the Apocrypha are, are these, these books that are um, seen. They were written around the same time. Uh, there are some Old Testament books, and there are a couple of New Testament books, uh, typically called pseudepigrapha. There mm. are these books that are included by the Catholic Church that are not included in the Protestant Church, and I guess to make it just really simple, like the reason, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar on this no, stuff, but no. uh, let's just, let's just say it this way. Um, the reason that the, the Protestant reformers said, we're, these are, these do not belong in the Bible are, there's a few reasons. So, so number one, these books were not recognized by the Jews or by Jesus or by the church fathers mm-hmm. as authoritative. Yeah. They just weren't. They, uh, it doesn't mean that they weren't referenced by the church fathers, but uh, they, these things were never put on the same level. These writings were never put on the same level as uh, the rest of Scripture. Even in the way, uh, um, now I'm trying to think, like when Peter... When Peter refers to Paul's writings, right, you know, he refers to it as scripture, right, as right? the rest of scripture, as the rest of scripture, and so there you kind of see it's, you know, Peter's like it's hard, it's a hard lesson, yeah. But Paul says some stuff that's hard to understand, yeah, and, you know, this is scripture, and so I think that's kind of what you're talking about is that even as church fathers, they they may utilize it, they may it might be useful in a sense, but not scripture, right, and so there's there's that, um, and in fact, uh, listen, it. It like these books. Like I have, I have a a, a nice uh, reader's edition of the Bible. Uh, I think it's by Biblioteca, and um, it's it's a multi-volume reader's edition of the Bible, like Crossway does. But it also has a bound uh, version of the Apocrypha oh, that okay. comes with it. Now it's interesting; they have that, but it's not a part of the case. The case only holds the scripture, uh, and then they've got the extra book, and it's like, no, that's the, you know, that's the apocalypse. Which, you know what I mean? It's cool. I mean, yeah, it makes sense that they would do that. They're, they're visually trying to say. <laughs> yeah, they say something. That's it. Yeah, they're, they're communicating it, that. Exactly what you're saying. So, um, but even then, even the Catholic Church early on didn't, like, function and recognize, uh, function as if... Uh, or recognized as if the, the the apocryphal books were on the same level as scripture. Yeah. There was a lot of debate and discussion among the Catholics. So it really isn't until the Council of Trent, like I don't know when that is, fifteen forty something, um, Council of Trent, when they say, uh, yeah, the, these these go, these belong, these yeah. are in, and so that's when uh, the Protestants during the Reformation had to say, whoa, 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 whoa. let's get really clear here. We want to stand uh, in the tradition of the the, the Jewish people mm-hmm. of God, Jesus, the apostles, and the church fathers, and say, here are the books. Now, all, all that to say, so we got some links that are going to help you yeah, say, yeah. understand this much better than what we're because we're just trying to pass over this and get to something else. So. The Apocrypha, not divine inspiration, but it doesn't say that it's a sin to read it or a sin to be exactly, familiar with it. Exactly. There are multiple uses for that kind of a thing. The point is, is that they just can't be uh, any more valuable to you than other human writings, right? They, they, yeah. It's just, it's just human writings, and human writings are going to have a mixture of error in it. 
Um, the, the, the Apocrypha is sometimes sort of like these uh, devotional kind of thoughts. Sometimes they've got some heretical ideas in them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a big mix of things. So it's good to be familiar with it for sure. Some of it's kind of, you know, messed up. And, you know, when you go read that Bell and the Dragon. Bell and the Dragon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then you get, okay, we, we can get yeah. we can go way down that rabbit hole. We can go into the pseudepigrapha and the Gospel of Thomas and all kinds of crazy stuff. Jesus killing kids and everything because um, they won't play with them. Hey, well, they're not the right way. Not the right yeah. way. Yeah. Not, making friends out of mud. Uh, yeah, pigeons. Pigeons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we didn't make people. I know that would pigeons. be cool. Friends. Yeah, but that would be cool though. If you made people, people out of mud, a little like army of mud people that would like just go out and do his bidding and kill. Like that's the kind of horror movie that I would watch. That's, but, a, but it's that's a Jesus you'd follow? No, it's, it's just a horror movie I would watch. That's a horror movie. What I'm saying is Gospel of Thomas is like a horror movie. Right? It's not true. <laughs> it is a wreck, yes. It's a wreck. Right? <laughs> it's a wreck. <laughs> and it's scary. Um, all right, so let's just, um, let's let's move on from that and okay. say, okay, so the, and I, mean, I guess we could spend some time saying like, well, so how do you make the use of, of books that, that aren't scripture? Mm -hmm. uh, and the basic question, the basic answer to that question is you, you only use... Um, other books as, as a spiritual help when they reflect the truth of scripture, when they drive you back to scripture, when they drive you back uh, to Christ. Like otherwise you got to get rid of that stuff. Absolutely. All right. Paragraph four, paragraph four, the authority of the Holy scripture for which it ought to be believed depends not upon the testimony of any man or church, but wholly upon God who is truth itself. The author thereof, Therefore, it is to be received because this is the word of God. So but paragraph that, four says, like, you need to receive this yeah. because we tell you it's the word of God. No, it doesn't no, say it doesn't, that. No, 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 You this need says, to receive this, this because says, you God need, says I got, I got, I got I, You got to receive this as the word of God because tradition has established no, that. No, 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 Okay, hang on. What does it say? You have to receive this because God Ah, ah, God is it. the author. God it is the word of God. It is the word of God. Like the R.C. Sproul used to make a lot of hay with that stupid bumper sticker that said, God settles it. God, what? God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. And Sproul would be like, no, dummy. No. Um, who, I don't care if you believe it. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, God said it. That settles it. That's, that's it. That's the whole, that's the 1689 1-4 right there. That's it. God said it, said it. That settles it. So we believe that the scripture is in fact of God and is, um, we, I guess we could say it this way, um, we receive the scripture as absolute truth because of what it is. Right? Yeah. It, it, is in, it is the breathed out words of God. It is the expression of God's person and work, uh, his character, his will, and uh, we don't receive it as the word because of someone else's testimony. That's right. We don't receive it. There is a self-authenticating, got a good book for you yeah. to read on this. It is a, it is a self-authenticating revelation that God has given to us. Absolutely. And so, I mean, that should give you comfort, right? That should be, give you comfort and confidence right. in, in what it is that, that we have here in Scripture, right? It, it's, it's not something, I mean, I know at least for, for myself, um, doubting. Right. Doubting mm -hmm. early on and, and still from time to time having these these seasons and periods of doubt, being able to to look and to know this is the word of God. This is this has been God breathed and I can I could trust this mm -hmm. and I can find comfort in this. Yeah. You and I talk about this a lot because we go through this a lot. You know, when we have questions or doubts or frustrations, we go back to the word mm -hmm. and the word. Well, it, it either comforts us or it kicks our butt. 
right? It, That's it, right. It, it corrects, it comforts, it gives confidence. It does all these things uh, by the Spirit of God working in it to, to prove to us, right, experientially what it really is and what it does. That's right. And so, I mean, um, uh, part of that, well, you know, there's some work that Scripture does in us, mm-hmm. and, 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 but there's also some work that my XP can do for us. In fact, I don't want to say that my XP is the fourth person of the Trinity, <laughs> but, but... But, you know, hey, you know, he's Tyler's up there. Tyler is... I mean, he's here with us now. Yes. By the grace of God. Yeah. He's not going to ascend and he's not going to descend. No, uh, no, no. But, uh, but, but he, he, you know, he will beat the Lord up in the air when he returns. There you go. So, I mean, you might be wondering, you know, what is uh, my XP? And so my XP is a, is a ministry that's committed to solving problems for pastors. They can, they will provide the support of an executive pastor without that whole financial burden of employing one full-time executive pastor. They'll, they support lead pastors, they strengthen systems and they steward Resources and so the way that uh, my XP works is that it's a weekly sixty-minute connect uh, call with an experienced executive pastor to kind of outline the current problems and challenges, and so that the XP that you now have will go to work solving those problems mm-hmm. and continues to work behind the scenes to strengthening all the systems that you currently have right. at the moment. And so you want to go ahead and check out the website and schedule a free initial connect through August. You'll receive thirty percent off the first month. Thirty percent met- off. 30% off if you mention D&D. Right, Doctrine and Devotion. That, that the way you heard about XP, so that's savings of $300 for church plants and $420 for existing churches. Let me just say something here about this. You're not just getting some chump XP out there. Like, you're getting Tyler. That's it. Tyler is an amazing pastor. Exactly. Super gifted, qualified, insightful. And I think the thing that you, say, you said about it when you were reading the script um, that I love mm-hmm. is that an XP really is a problem-solving uh, support for the church. That's it. Especially so when you don't have time, right? And that's just it. There's a lot of there's a or lot the of bankroll to or hire the bankroll. somebody. But I mean, you know, as a, as a lead pastor that's got a small church, right? Mm-hmm. It's a small church, uh, or even uh, church planting. Mm-hmm. You don't have the time uh, to focus on those things. And you might not have the. I don't have I, the skills. No, for Joe that does job. not have well, the skills. I, I, no, amen, amen. Okay, whatever. Amen, Joe. You do not have the skills. And so Tyler will will help solve problems for. Pastors. Biblically, practically, strategically. That's like, it. You got, you got People management, speech. systems, oh. bookkeeping, oh, let me guest just, connection. Let me say something else. I got to say something else about my oh, here you go, here you go. We brought in Tyler and, um, what's his name, Ryan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we brought in Tyler and Ryan uh, to Redeemer. Hulkley. Ryan Hulkley. Yeah, Huggy. Huggy. Huggy Bear. Huggy, Huggy Boo. Um, we brought in those guys specifically because of their skills in this area to help us figure out how to transition from one service to two services. Yeah. We brought in those same people to help us think through assimilation processes and how do we move a newcomer uh, to the next level, to the next stage, to the next stage to becoming a member who's yeah. functioning and using their spiritual gifts. That's how good these guys are. I've been like connecting with them for years on this level. We've been yeah. friends with them and connecting with them and getting benefiting. Now everybody can benefit. Did you say now everybody or not, not everybody? Now everybody. Oh, I thought you said not everyone Well, can not benefit. everybody can benefit. <laughs> they got to pay. <laughs> I was like, I thought you, that's why I was like, you're not really, you're not really doing a very good job. It's, no, it's, everyone can benefit, Joe. Everyone. Everybody can benefit. Listen, if you just adjust your budget a little bit <laughs> to bring on an executive pastor like, like Tyler in this capacity, uh, your church is going to be stronger for it. So make sure you go to myxp.church and mention D&D. All right, so... This is where we really wanted to get to. We wanted to get to, and yeah. we're leading into this. All of this conversation, especially the last little bit there, is leading into paragraph five. So listen to paragraph five of 1689, uh, chapter one. We may be moved and induced by the testimony of the church 
of God to a high and reverent esteem of the Holy Scriptures and the heavenliness of the matter, the efficacy of the doctrine mm. and the majesty of the style, the consent of all the parts, the scope of the whole, which is to give all glory to God, to the, the full discovery of, uh, it makes of the only way of man's salvation and many other incomparable excellencies and entire perfections thereof are arguments whereby it does abundantly evidence itself to be the word of God. So let's just stop there for a yeah. minute. All of this, right? So the the testimony of the church, of the mm-hmm. church, the heavenliness of its contents, uh, the eff- efficacy that is the effectiveness yep. of the doctrines the taught in the scripture, the majesty of the style, uh, the the unity, the consent, the unity of all the parts over forty authors, fourteen hundred years, and yet it all comes together perfectly. The scope of the whole, right? It's all thematically woven together for the glory of God. Um, salvation itself, and many other things, all of those help us to understand that this is the word of God. But <laughs> yet, notwithstanding, our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority thereof is from the inward work of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness by and with the word in our hearts. Okay, so how do you know the Bible is the word of God? Because the spirit of God uh. has... Uh, not convinced. It's, it, yeah. but I don't like that word. You don't like that word. I don't like that oh, word. Oh, uh, persuaded, persuaded. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm trying to think. Of Argued word. you into no, submission. No, no, that's what I'm trying to. Oh, okay. No, no. That, that, I, I got to think of it. Compelled. Yeah, compelled against your will. That's what you're saying. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with. Yeah, like you. You listen. You cannot. You can't. I do not believe that you can successfully argue somebody into faith. No, uh, I do not believe that you can successfully argue somebody into embracing the Scripture as the Word of God. You can show all of these things. Yeah, unity of its parts, the beauty, majesty of the style, blah blah blah. All that's great, and those are helps to a believer. But ultimately, the reason we know that this is the Word of God is because the Holy Spirit bears witness. That's right. I mean, First John five nine. Uh, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that He is born concerning His Son. So this is mm-hmm. this is not only just a great testimony, but it's it's we are persuaded right. because of the Spirit of God working in our hearts. Yeah, and and really, this is. It's important to understand that we can disagree on how to interpret the word. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Christians, Bible believing, you know, Jesus following Christians. Uh, we will disagree on what portions of Scripture say. Yeah. But what we will not disagree on is the nature of Scripture. Is it the word of God? Yes or no? And if you are a believer, an implicit part of saving faith is that the the word of of God That's is right. truth that the scripture itself is the word of God. So um in 2 Thessalonians 2:13 I use this verse a lot to teach people about sanctification and how it works. Yeah. But listen to this as it relates to scripture. We ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers beloved by the Lord because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. Mm. Now, we know from Paul and Jesus that, you know, belief in the truth is not just belief in one piece of truth, but it is belief in the revelation of God. It's That's belief right. in the scripture. Jesus says this in John 17:17, 17, 17, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. So, an implicit part of saving faith is that I can trust the whole scripture. Yeah. Now, you might disagree on how to interpret Genesis 1. Maybe yeah. maybe Genesis 1 and 2, you look at it and you go, 
you go can you go full Ken Ham. You go full ham, okay? <laughs> I don't think Jimmy, should you ever go full ham? <laughs> no, go, no, no one should ever go full never ham. Never go full ham. But um, <laughs> you might maybe you'll go full ham, uh, or maybe you will look at this and you'll say, like, you know what? I'm more of a I'm more of a Walton, I'm more of a John Walton guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now somebody's wrong between those two views. They yeah. both can't be right. They can both be wrong. Yeah. Uh, but they both can't be right. But what you if you're a Christian, you have to say Whatever, I, however, I'm trying to interpret this. What I what I am trying to interpret is the authoritative, perfect Word of God. Right. That's right. Amen. So this is this is where like people are like, well, you're a liberal. You're a liberal. Uh, historic liberalism really had to do with the nature of Scripture, and you were going down a theologically liberal path if you began to say, well, you know, the Scripture isn't fully inspired, or isn't it? It has some errors in it that re- relate to, um, you know, its its truthfulness. Um, you know the. It definitely um, isn't infallible or inerrant. Um, you know, I, I, you disagree, say, with the Chicago statement on, on biblical inerrancy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's liberalism. Liberalism isn't only like we tend to think of extreme liberalism when we think of liberalism. Like, oh, well, they deny that Jesus was uh, resurrected bodily. Okay, well, th- definitely uh, that's uh, that's a radical heresy. Yeah, but. It, it it's actually after liberalism because liberalism you can't get there with until you hit liberalism which is mm, scripture it's maybe good. it's good yeah, yeah. it's good hey but, nice but job god good. but you know i don't really think you know you could have done better yeah you yeah. could have done better because there's some errors in here put you know put a bit more effort into yeah that. maybe maybe yeah. perfect it you, know, yeah. you, you were able to perfect your son apparently uh, you could perfect <laughs> your work not, but that's scripture that's liberalism so paragraph five here is ultimately saying what jimmy that um that we not only know that the scripture mm-hmm. is the word of God That's right. because of the spirit, but we also learn that um, a part of saving faith is that uh, we believe what is revealed in the word of God. That's right. That's right. All right. So if this is true, if, if, if what we're looking at here as we, as we look at paragraphs two through five in the 1689 um, chapter one, um, we're getting this picture of scripture. It's, it's authoritative it is um, it is trustworthy. It is it is perfect, um, and it is used by God the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. affect change in us. Um, we learn how we're supposed to receive it. What are some takeaways as you're looking at this, and maybe you know you're talking to your little kids um, about about the Bible, or when you're preaching out there and you're talking to Christians? Um, what are some things that come to mind that you want people to walk away with as it relates to uh, Scripture? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, when it one of the things I, I do want to come away with is um, the grace of God, like the kindness of God in Scripture. Like I'm not just only referring to uh, what what Scripture reveals about the kindness and grace of God, but um, that the fact that we have Scripture is mm. a grace of God. It's it the revelation of God uh, uh, to us. You don't have to guess. You don't have to try to guess that's it, who exactly. God is or what he wants of you. No, and that's and that's it and you can trust it and you can have confidence in it and you can you can find comfort in it. And I to me, this is such a gracious gift. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, appreciate it. You know, I'm not saying idolize it, right? Because right. there's some some that would probably that have moved in that direction. Yeah. But I'm saying you should have a deeper appreciation uh and a desire to study and know yeah. uh, because of the gracious gift that God has given. You should have a true and radical dependency on Scripture. Oh, yeah. Um, because the Scripture is what connects you to the one 
on whom you must completely, totally trust. That's right. You know what I mean? It's like the the scripture is not God. I love that you brought that up. It's not a, a God to be worshipped, but it tells us about the God who is to be worshipped. That's right. So you can't get to the end without the means of scripture. You've That's got, right. You got to have it. I love it. And what, you know, I look at this and, you know, I just kind of piggyback on what you're saying. I want people, and, and for myself, I want us to be the kind of people who, because the scripture is what it is, we truly just rejoice in it. Like yeah. We savor it. Yep. We love it. So like I went to, Jen and I went out, we went to uh, last Hard, night. Hardware. Went to hardware. I saw it on Instagram. That's yeah, I shared it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was not happy. She, she hates She hates me taking selfies of us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you are the selfie king. I am the selfie king. Hashtag selfie Hashtag king. Hashtag selfie king. Um, so we went there and uh, I had their old fashioned, which is a little bit different than yeah. a, a traditional, but it's still very good. And and we had, we shared a Sazerac, and then she had something else, and I had their burger. Holy smoke! Was it actually was the food actually good? Because last time we went, it was horrible. I know. I, I haven't I, gone back since. No. I was embarrassed. That was an amazing burger. All right. And the the appetizer that we had was really good. Okay. Man, you went for dinner or lunch? Dinner. Okay. Oh, it was good, dude. So, anyways, um, we went there, and like it, the the whole thing was great, right? It was. It was, uh, there was Jen and me spending time together and we were eating this food and everything was delicious. And I remember thinking like, Ugh, you know, we kind of, we had to leave in a, in a prompt time because mm-hmm. something had come up. But I just, I remember thinking like, I want to enjoy every single moment of this. Like I yeah. want to, I want to enjoy looking at my wife, laughing with my wife in every bite. Uh, it was just, it turned out to be a really great hour that mm-hmm. we had there. And I want us to like approach the scripture that way. Like I want us to see the scripture, not as a, as a textbook to memorize, or I, I don't want us to see the, the scripture as a, as a mere spiritual discipline that we utilize, like mm-hmm. it's a tool. I want us to, to approach the scripture uh, as a way of communing with God. I want us to savor every word. I want us to pour over the pages. I want us to um, memorize it, not because like there's going to be a test later, but because these are the words of life. Yeah. Now, I, I want us to um, realize that as we're reading the scripture, we are hearing the voice of God That's in right. our lives. So I, I want I want us to savor it, to love it, to rejoice in it, to, to treasure it. You know, we, we have people that nerd out over baseball stats or movie quotes or whatever, right? We're or all, journals, pencils, journal, we all, we, We're pens, yeah. guilty of all these things yeah. and enjoy the scripture really needs to be, um, you know, that thing that holds the whole of the Christian life together because it's what connects us to um, our God. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoFoStore.com and grab some gear big thanks to my xp for sponsoring today's episode the whole month for the whole month yeah this whole month you're right june you know what and it's not just my xp it could be your xp That's too. Right. <laughs> Duh. dummy i knew it i was like yeah you're, you're welcome tyler <laughs> fresh pod every monday and thursday blog posts on wednesdays video content sporadically later